you can always change um, your scenery, the atmosphere of what you're dealing with as a kid. And I'm a true testimony to that. So I'm a first to graduate out of in my family to do some of the things that I did and still to this day. It's just I just use that all that motivation to change what was going on in my life. Mm. And if it's just knowledge, just going to learn or finding a mentor, just putting them type of positive people in my life, just changing the outcome of the situation that was put in front of me. Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chapel, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. Today, I am making friends with Vince Young. As a junior at the University of Texas, Vince Young won the Davey O'Brien Award, awarded annually to the best college quarterback in the nation. He finished second behind Reggie Bush in the Heisman Trophy voting as well. He led his team to a BCS National Championship against the USC Trojans in the 2006 Rose Bowl, one of the most anticipated games in the history of college football, and one that I'm still recovering from as a Trojans fan myself. Now, he's the founder of the Vincent Young Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to improving the quality of life of underprivileged children with a special focus on promoting academic and athletic excellence. And he's got his hand in a multitude of different businesses as well, which I find fascinating as a business owner myself. This is a really fun conversation. I did have to let him know that I didn't like him for an extended period of time because I was a big USC fan, especially back in the Matt Line or Reggie Bush days. But it was fun talking to him about some of those things. It was fun talking to him about his upbringing and how he came out of poverty and made it all the way through to the NFL and how he was able to bless his family in the process. We talked about how to become world-class at what you do. And we talked about now his his business ventures outside of playing football now that he is retired. So this is a really fun episode. I was really stoked to be able to sit down with him. So please enjoy my conversation with Vince Young. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm sitting down live in studio with Vince Young. Vince, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. How are you doing, champ? Thanks for taking the time. I want to dive right in. I know we have a limited time together. Let's jump way back in the story because I find that building a little bit of context is usually the key to making sure that people grab some pointers while we chat. So 11-year-old Vince Young, man, where were you? What was life like? <laughs> Take us back there. Set the scene for us. 11 years old. Man, that's with my memory. Definitely playing little league football. Football is always a sport then. Well, I played multiple sports from baseball, pretty much everything. I played everything. So definitely doing that, playing AU basketball, traveling, you know, just, just being an old kid, man, just trying yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And you were in Texas? In Texas, in Houston, Texas. What were your parents doing at the time? Uh, it was just my mom and my grandmother and my two sisters. Okay. So my dad wasn't around at all. I had to grow up pretty fast as a young man. I'm the baby boy. Baby so, of the family? Baby of the family. How many siblings? My two sisters. Two yeah, sisters. two older sisters. So I was just probably trying to figure it out. <laughs> probably yeah. in trouble. <laughs> Being bad. <laughs> Being a nuisance to mom and grandma. Yeah. Yep. Getting punished, raking up the leaves, taking out the trash, doing something. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did your mom do to put food on the table? My mom was a homemade nurse, so she traveled to take care of you know, elderly people, mm. making sure they... They bed is clean, very clean, making sure they got their groceries, everything in the house. So she's wow. mostly taking care of the elderly people. So then she, Houston. 
did that for a living and then she came home and did the same thing for you guys make yeah. sure you're clean make sure you're fed <laughs> yeah. yes her and really my older sister like when my mom was gone big sisters yeah mom kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like your mom was a savage then huh oh yeah she didn't play no games <laughs> i mean she had her issues struck out on drugs all that type of stuff but yeah you know one thing she did about why she was going through all her or uh, stuff she made sure her babies was okay yeah she made sure we was good yeah man so interesting talking to people on the show and finding out where everybody came from you know what the story is because i found i mean the vast majority of the successful people that i've been able to talk to anyway and i don't know if you would say the same didn't come from much of anything but that's what i love about the show because it to me it levels the playing field right i think a lot of people get stuck in this mentality that they were born in this situation and that's just the cards that they were dealt and they can't right. do anything about it. And yet we have so many examples of people who did do something about it. When you were, you know, that age, a kid coming into teenage years, did you expect that you were going to play sports professionally or? Well, not really. I mean, cause you know, in my type of neighborhood, predominantly black and Hispanic gangs all over the place, poor poverty area, you don't make it out. And again, a lot of people didn't. So you, you kind of saw the same you know, statistic, the same stat that you didn't make it out. So I was just one of those kids that was listening, though, to that stat or or somebody telling me I can't. And um, still to this day, when somebody tell me I can't, I'd be like, man, we'll yes, see. I can. So <laughs> I kind of flip it to, you know, motivation and, and things like that because of the fact, like I said, it's, that's what happens in my community. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of kids don't get out. They either get trapped by the games, just give up, commit suicide, get killed. I mean, it's all kind of things that goes on in the, the neighborhood I'm, I'm, I'm from in Southwest Houston. And then being, you know, not having, having, that, having, you know, money and living off check to check with my grandmother and mom and two sisters. So, you know, a lot of people don't know that about me. They just know the guy who won the Rose Bowl with University of Texas is number first, first round draft pick and went to the Tennessee Titans. They know about a lot of that stuff yeah. and the accolades, but they don't know. The ground, the grind, the, exactly. the, the sadness, the, exactly. you know, all the pain that I went through to, you know, change my situation. People, I think a lot of times want to assume that you had it better than they did because it, I think, gives them almost an excuse as to why they never changed their situation. I think that it's that. And that's why, again, that's why I love doing the show, love talking to people and, and showing people that, like, there's something that you can do. And, yeah. you know, and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and pretend like people aren't born into worse situations than other people happens but the but the bottom line is at some point it becomes a matter of well okay it happened so now what what do we do now do we sit here and just like Mope. sulk for yeah. the next 90 years of your life <laughs> if you're lucky to live that long exactly. you know or we do something about it and if we do want to do something about it what do we do what would you say to somebody that's in that situation right now maybe maybe uh, athletics isn't on the table for them but i, I that's uh, another reason I, I found that the principles stay the same regardless of if it's in athletics or if it's in business or if it's in freaking nursing or whatever it right. is the, the same it's principles apply across the board what are a few of the things that you've kind of held to that have been that have taken you throughout your career successfully well i can you know say from my morals and my family background is the strength and then the women who raised me my mother and grandmother was extremely strong i mean even though we didn't have it but they made sure they was taking care of their responsibilities. If it's working, yeah. putting food on the table, dealing with whatever it may be. And I just saw that in my two, my mom and my grandmother growing up, yep. the, the strength that they put into making the change. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just ran with that. I kind of used that 
motivation. If I had to go out and just cut grasses in the whole neighborhood, watch everybody cars, people walking passing by like, Vince, you got me next week? I got you. <laughs> just trying to find out ends me to, to help with my mom with their situations and just being strong. So I just kind of, you know, want to tell the next generation or whoever may be grown, adult, whatever. Don't nobody care about you complaining and mope. You can always change um, your scenery, the atmosphere of what, what you're dealing with as a kid. And I'm a true testimony to that. So I'm a first to graduate out of, in my family to do some of the things that I did and still to this day is just I just use that all that motivation to change what was going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And if it's just knowledge, just going to learn or finding a mentor, just putting them type of positive people in my life, just changing the outcome of the situation that was put in front of me. So and then I just kind of focused on it. You can't just get distracted once you get one accolade and something does change. You mm -hmm. got to keep going because you're not going to be eight years old all your life. You're not going to be 12 years old your life. You're not going to be 20. You're going to. It's going to keep going. So what are you doing as a young man or young lady or whoever it is to make your life uh, a little bit better when, from what you see in your everyday community? You played all the sports growing up, like we talked about. At what point was it like football is, football is where I'm supposed to be? I kind of started that in my high school year. I wasn't really too close with my, my high school coach, basketball coach. Mm. I just got tired of who he, he, what he perceived me as. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I just got tired of why do you think this? Why this? Why that? And, you know, I can point the finger at myself as well, but I didn't want to be around negative energy. So once I wasn't getting along with him, I kind of really focused a lot of my time in, in football and baseball and basketball. Other than my high school, I played with other AAU teams, but I didn't want to play for my school anymore. I really just started really focused on football. We had an outstanding coach, down to earth guy, still a man to this day, Ray Seals. He taught me a lot. You're not just on the football field, but that's just learning. Had to go take speech classes, mm. you know, doing a lot of stuff that he saw in me that he's saying, oh, you might as well get ready because I see the potential in you. You need to start preparing yourself for these type of things and didn't know what he meant. So Man. my senior year, I started getting in college. Then you start seeing that, that transformation, what he was saying right. when I was in high school, putting myself, he had put me on that path and I just kind of stayed on it. That's you know? Amazing how one person like that can come in and change a lot of yeah. things. If you listen, yeah. if and you then listen. you want, then you have to do it. So, I mean, you can get all kind of information implemented into your your everyday life, but are you going to use it? The tools that somebody is blessing you with. So, and I had, to, I mean, because he believed in me mm. a lot, and for somebody to take their time out their busy schedule, especially as a high school coach, because he's not only mentoring me and making sure I'm good, it's also that next teammate of mine, the other yeah. teammate of mine. The other, other teammate of mine that's trying to get on that same path to, to be successful, I just appreciate him, you know, giving me that time to put the time into me so he can see me be successful. In the entire journey from high school to college to NFL, when did you start realizing that this could be a path that you could actually make money from? To the point that, you know, that you can be possible to make it to the pros. You know, you can see it. But again, I mean, you just like, don't think like it's doable. Still. Well, me, I just don't focus on on that type of stuff. Mm. I, all I can do is focus on me and how can I bring the best out of myself as well as my peers around me. But it wasn't your goal, though. It wasn't no goal. Yeah, it, it was, was just to go to college. Get yeah, a, it was just a mostly. To well, it school. was just mostly people just telling me I can't. Wasn't really the goal guy. I was more so like somebody was telling me I can't. So I was on yeah. a mission to prove those haters, those doubters wrong. So. Yeah. I kind of looked at it in that aspect of 
And then my family situation, I kind of looked at it as that, that I can change my entire family situation as well as my own situation. So I wasn't kind of like looking at it as a goal until like, like now I look at things for goals and do stuff now as I'm older. But at that time, I was just so motivated to prove people wrong <laughs> at the time. Right. Especially, you know, being an African-American quarterback, like telling you you're not going to be able to be a quarterback in college yeah. or in the pros. So I'm taking that as what? Yeah. And they were. They were trying to push me to be a wide receiver. They were trying to push me to be. That, like coaching staff and stuff like that? or well, Yeah, different coaches, different mm -hmm. people wanted me to play other positions because what they already saw, yeah. what yeah. was happening to other African-American quarterbacks, they felt like it was going to happen to me to, to get pushed or get talked to want to play another position yeah so we'll see and some of the college i didn't go to because they was trying to put me a water and once they said it or they wrote it in a piece of paper i was like well i'm not going there mm. so that's why you ended up going to texas and that was one of the schools coach brown and houston nut in arkansas it was some other guys that i was really close with and even <clears> my <throat> high school coach they was like you better not mention no other position to him <laughs> You're gonna lose him <laughs> like that. So, and Coach Brown, I told him when he came to my house to recruit me, I said, Coach, I just want to play quarterback. I don't, I don't want to hear anything about no other position. Mm. So I was that determined to prove a lot of people wrong that yeah. I could play that position. Yeah, I mean that's that's a strong position to take when you're just a high school kid in this uh, situation where you just want to get to college to just have that fortitude to be like, I don't care, like I let me do what I want to do. The movement. It was people who paid away before me. You know, Steve McNabb, Ronnie Cunningham, Randall Cunningham, Donald McNabb, Mike Vick. Uh, you know, once you hear the message that the whole entire world is telling you you can't play this position because we're not smart enough, that does motivate you to say, no, yes, we can. We are smart enough to play this position. Sure. We can change this position and you can be a passer and a run threat. They was calling us athletic quarterbacks. Mm. We actually are quarterback that's athletic. Right. You got to fix that type of stuff and yeah. now look at the generation now is yeah. it's a game changer and it's not just the african-american quarterbacks you even see the whites the, the hispanic or by everybody is playing quarterbacks in a different way but it had to start somewhere sure and but you can't let nobody there's an evolution of it it's an yeah. evolution of right. it. you can't let nobody push you to go play this other position and you want to you want to play quarterback right so. even the term itself is just kind of small-minded Exactly. Like why, like you, you're saying it's bad to be athletic. Why would that be a bad thing to also have that in your, in your chamber? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is 
The fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. So dude, I have to confess something to you. I got a chip on my shoulder a little bit because I'm, I'm a Southern California kid. I live in Vegas now, but I remember watching USC versus Texas, and I don't even remember. I was super young. I was like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old or something <laughs> like that. And I'd never, I never really watched a bunch of, of uh, college football at the time, but my, a couple of people in my family were big USC fans, and I went to a couple of USC games, and I was like all in, you know? And that team, obviously, that USC team was one of the best in college football history yeah. and i thought it was like boom back to back you know it was it was it was automatic in my head and i just remember watching you run into the end zone <laughs> at that last second i was just like oh no <laughs> everything crashed in front of me and i swear dude at that point like that was the year that they all left like yes. that liner and, and, yeah, we and, all and do, Reggie yeah. bush you, like you guys all took off that year so mm. i never got back into usc football after that Oh wow! Yeah, you you ended my my USC <laughs> fandom. We did single handedly. I didn't do that. It was <laughs> team yeah. Texas did. Yes, Texas correct. did. <laughs> um, uh, but but all that aside, I just, I want to get into the college career, NFL career part of your story here. So, talk to me about when you realized the moment that you realized that you were going pro. It feels like you almost at that point, and I know you put in a ton of hard work, and I'm, and I'm not using this as an example to say that you didn't, but it almost feels like winning the lottery, I, I have to imagine, where you came from this position of mowing lawns to help put food on the table. No dad in the picture. Mom's gone all the time, and, sh- and there's drugs involved, and there's uh, you're, you have a rough neighborhood, and you go to college just trying to go to college so that you can get an education and have a decent job coming out, right. and then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, I'm not only do I have the ability to become a professional football player, but I have the ability to be at the top of my draft. I have the ability to get a, like a max contract. I have the, like, my life is going to change completely forever. What was that feeling or that moment? Like, do you, if if you can kind of articulate that as much as you can, you're just kind of still in shock. You know, you have access to everything. I mean, that, that weekend I met Tiger Woods, Jeter, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, these are the people I watched growing up, you know, Mike Tyson, wow. Punch Out. These are the people I watched growing up as a kid that motivated me to to be the best. Wow. And that was that was my moment, along with my teammates. One of the things that, you know, I always do is pray before I do anything. So I just went, a, went with my family. I actually sat and talked with Steve for a long time at the hotel after the game. I was like, what you think, big fella? He was like, man, you, you know, you, you have an opportunity to make history for an not only just for you, but your entire family mm. and make it a game changer as well as what you did. That was just, just unheard of, you yeah. know? So just hearing that and from him and getting his blessing and then sitting down with my family and with my pastor, he was at the game as well. And we all coming together, sitting in the big circle and I, you know, wanted 
pastor to pray for us, pray first. And then I wanted to say, hey, I wanted to let the family know all at once that I was I was going to leave into draft, mm. you know, and put it on everybody's hearts. And, you know, at that moment and they're like, where you going? I'm like, I'm going to sleep because <laughs> I don't think they saw me what I was doing out there. Like I was tired. <laughs> I didn't even go out and do nothing. Really? You know, my wife to the uh, to the day with my high school sweetheart, you know, I, we just went to bed. I went to sleep. I was tired. <laughs> so broke that message and they all want to stay up and. And celebrate yeah. the game, but also celebrate that. Right, right. I'm like, well, I love y'all. Maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finna go to sleep. I'm tired. <laughs> we'll talk about more tomorrow at uh, breakfast. And but after that, and you know, that was just kind of like now it was a whole nother journey now. Yeah. I haven't told my coach yet. I haven't told my teammates yet. You know, it's just a small people nut circle no, which I hope nobody didn't say that, but it finally got out and then the rest was history. What was the difference? playing in the NFL versus college in terms of just the sheer level of play, level of athleticism? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's it's different. I mean, first of all, the athletes are already phenomenal. So yeah. at my position, I had to learn how to play the defensive coordinator now. <laughs> in college and yeah. high school, you play the players, then you know of the defensive coordinator. But in the pros, you already know that the players are the best that you can play. So now, as I was getting older, being around Kerry Collins and being around Steve McNair and talking to my own defensive coordinator, you know, what can, how can you help me be better on this level? And that's what I had to take more time out is studying defensive coordinators. What are their tendencies on third down, percentage, how they blitz, how they rush, you know, sitting down with my defensive coordinator or my defensive line coach. Like, what do you see that in me that I can change to be better at? Well, Vince, when you're in the, underneath the center, you rock. And once you're about to snap the ball, you stop. Stuff like that. There's mm-hmm. small things like that. So now I'm studying myself as yeah. well as the defense coordinator. What are they trying to do to me to stop me from winning that ball game? Yeah. And I had to take it to another level. And that's the other level that I feel like you don't do that in college. Yeah. You don't do that in high school. I had to learn that stuff as I more reps at practice and stand in communication with my defensive guy, my defensive coordinator. And I really felt like that. When I started doing that, I felt like my game every year was going higher and higher, going up and more than going down. Yeah, it's crazy how much those like little things, when you get to that, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about this a couple of people recently, where it's like when you get to that level, you're already the best of the best. Yeah. Like playing D1 college is already like the best. And then you take the best of that best and then you put them in another league. Another league. And then (laughs) so like you you have no choice, right? Mm -hmm. No choice but to make these little teeny tiny incremental improvements that give you a slight edge over everybody else and given enough reps over enough time that was make a massive difference. Make a massive difference. And then on top of that, or you putting in the work, you know, a lot of people don't put the work in, but in the pros, you have to put in so much work. And then knowing, you know, once you get in the lead for a while and then you got a guy from, from the Patriots, he's on the coaching staff. You see you in Vegas hanging out and partying. He's doing the same, but he like vents. I work for the Patriots, man. You know what they pay me to do? Like what? They pay me just to watch film on you. So I have to dissect you every day. That's my job is to dissect you. And so that makes you like, whoa. <laughs> this guy's watched me more so than I've watched the Patriots, me. Yeah. I know they know every tendency about me, what I'm doing, what I right. do on third down. And if they have a guy like that, then probably every other team does. Exactly. <laughs> so now I have to be more critical to myself, you know, of making sure I'm studying my game more. I got to get more be on my stuff because yeah. you got somebody like that on every team now. So now I got to go get my butt 
more working more hard because they have all this information on me. So you can throw some things at them that they haven't seen before. They haven't seen before, or they see me rocking. Try to fix that before yeah. I play them. Try to get that out of my game. Some kind of way, less somehow. predictable. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think is the difference between a good quarterback and a great quarterback? Like someone, it takes someone like a Tom Brady who's been playing for since bef- when I was in the womb, it seems like, <laughs> and then still comes out and plays at this crazy high level. What, like, how do you get to somebody like that when people have 20 plus years of film to watch on the guy that they still can't do anything about it, it seems like. And, you know, you and there's several other people that have had these like tremendous, had this tremendous ability to continue to reinvent yourself over time. What's the difference between, you know, that and well, somebody who just kind of makes it to the league? And that's yeah, it. I use the word professionalism. You know what I mean? You can't coach that. They got it or you don't. You know what I mean? And you, you either understand it or you don't understand it. And professionalism to that point is you have an organization that's investing in, in you, you know, and everything about you, the character, type of person you is off the field, type of person you is in the locker room. The professionalism is that part that, you know, a lot of quarterbacks don't have and, and tend to forget. And that if they do, they can have a, a long, successful career. A lot of guys want to get that money. I'm like, yeah, get that big check. Get it. Take yeah, care of your yeah. family. Do what you're supposed to do because they, they're going to do everything they can to use you until you're done with you. But in the same time, you got to make sure you communicate, stay in communication with the organization. Do what you're supposed to do and represent the organization the right way. And just keep getting better. I mean, and then on top of that, a lot of guys take care of their body. You know, that's that starts to play a major factor or, or go into the upstairs and negotiate. OK, I'll take a pay cut just for offensive line. I'll take a pay cut. To have people to throw the ball to. Now you've been professional and you've been smart. So you can hey, play longevity. And a lot of times I, I found out a lot about that towards my end of my career when I was doing all kinds of stuff, getting into my coach. You know, that was the immatureness of me. I wasn't being professional. You know, so I do point the finger at myself on some of those things. But at the same time, I can teach the next young quarterback that's coming underneath me or love everything about my game growing up. I can start teaching them that, feeding them that. You know, as you continue to get to year four, five, and six, and seven, which a lot of guys don't. You got to start looking for these type of details. And prime example is Tom Brady. He's a very professional guy. Take care of his body, love his organization, love his teammates. And he will take a pay cut yeah. to have an outstanding offensive line. Yeah. He going to make sure he got the right guys around him. And you only learn that as, as you get older and mature yeah. and you get more professional of being a face of some of an organization like that. Mm. So, and it's a major position. It, it takes time to understand that. Mm. But once you get it, uh, once they believe in you, that organization or whoever that GM is, that means you can go talk to him about anything because he's seen that in you. Yeah. The matureness that when you first got there <laughs> to where you're at today. And uh, that's the professionalism that I feel like a lot of guys don't understand yet mm. until when they get to that peak. They can learn more about that. You've had a tremendous career. And a lot of kids look up to you. Who do you look up to at this point in your, in, in your life? Not necessarily even just in football, just coming into the next phase of your career, working on all the stuff that you're working on these days. Who are you looking up to? It's just not one person, you know what I mean? God has blessed me to be around multiple outstanding people in my life, from coaches to mentors, business people. It's a lot. I come across a lot of great, great people themselves and kind of and I see myself in them I see you know them if I can be around positive energy people that's most of the people I like to be around yeah I do not like negative energy um I would dismiss myself from the room if I'm on a golf course wherever it may be if I feel negative energy energy I'm gone and thank god I have 
my assistant Linda, or I got people around me that can, can get me away from all that stuff yeah. and point it out, or I see it like I can just tell them like, hey, I'm I'm gone. Whatever you whatever you want to tell them, right. I'm gone. I don't want to be a part of that because you know what negative energy is. It's, it's something that no no more. A lot of people love energy. I don't like negative yeah. energy. So I like to stay around positive people as influencers that's doing stuff in the community that their belly is full. They don't want nothing from you. They mm. just want to see you successful. They want to have fun. Yeah. They want to have a, a Bud Light or two, have a barbecue, have a party. Mm-hmm. But just, just enjoying life, taking care of responsibilities, you know, that's the type of people I like being around. So it's kind of hard to put it in one person because I have so many influences in my life from Coach Brown to my mom. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that God blessed me to have in my life, man. I just kind of lean on them and hang out with them and just stay, stay around that positive energy. In your mind, what does it take to become world class? I just say manners, man. Being respectful. That's world class. It's hard for people to do that. <laughs> it's some a-holes out here, man. <laughs> grown ass adults, man. Man, we're is, grown, uh, yeah. man. So <laughs> I say, man, just manners, man. And you know, being being having manners, man, being respectful and, and giving. You know, I always don't be the person that's receiving all the damn time. I think that's my major deal. Put, putting myself around that positive energy. And just people who have manners, man, they respect it. You know how your mom and dad raised you. And some of them just forget it and don't care. And they just do what the hell they want to do. Yeah. And I, me, because I carry myself like that. I even have my son doing stuff like that. That's his day. He will hold a door for anybody right yeah. now. Yeah. He, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You know, I'm like, dude, that that right there is going to have you go where you want to go in life because you got manners. And people love that. Because that's the why people don't do that no more. People don't say yes, sir, no more. People don't say yes, ma'am, no more. And some people get upset when you say ma'am. I'm like, I so, did it like that, man. I don't mean because <laughs> your age. I mean because I'm respecting you as a woman. Yeah. Or I'm respecting you as a man, sir. I have to say that a lot. But man, and then once they do, they're like, well, I like how you put it in that way. It's so funny you say that, dude. I was, I was <laughs> literally like, I don't know, like a month ago, I was traveling. I was somewhere speaking somewhere. And then I said it to the, the lady at the hotel. And she goes, were you in the military? I was like, no, why? <laughs> and she was like, well, you keep saying ma'am. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, sorry. Like, it's it's just, yeah, it's just. I'll tell my niece, yes, yeah. ma'am. I, yeah. I tell my nephew, yes, sir. You know, exactly. it's, just, it's just a habit that that's how I talk. But in the same time, like, I think, you know, when you get to the point in your life, it's just a habit like that. You don't even know you're saying it. I don't know I'm saying it. <laughs> this is the point that you just, you're just giving all positive energy and you have respect and manners for mm-hmm. the next human being in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love it, dude. I, and I love that answer. I really, really appreciate that. Thanks for coming on the show. Is there anything that you're working on right now? Anything that, you know, if somebody's listening or watching this right now, if they're like, man, I want to go, I want to get more of Vince Young. How can they do that? Well, you can always follow me online at Vince Young 10. Um, I have a lot of stuff going on that God has blessed me with. My insurance company, we just launched Oh, making cool. sure people have life and health insurance and their supplements, understanding the, the importance and the knowledge of that. And a lot of people don't have it or they cancel it. And then a sudden death happens. Are you going to pay for the funeral? Are you going to do this? Or go to the hospital. You don't have the proper information to get your supplements for your diabetes, life insurance, health insurance. So me studying that right now for myself, as well as for my community, being a face for that for my community, because we don't have it. People, black, black coach, black people. It's, it's, it's a game changer that that's what type of person I am. Mm. If people feed me knowledge, I want to feed it back to anybody across the world. So where can people find info about that insurance company? Uh, well, you can go, like I said, to Vince Young 10 on my social media pages. I can give you all my stuff, but Young Insurance, 
Young Insurance dot Vince Young Insurance. I can give you my email and got a team, Vince Young FFL dot com. Perfect. We got information all over the place that uh, we just trying to, you know, help people. You know what I mean? Like somebody did me. <laughs> Love it, dude. Thanks so much for coming to the show, man. This is a lot of fun. No problem. Appreciate sure. it, champ. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode.